Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the losing streak is over. The Lakers have won a basketball game. They I'm doing my best. Judd Nelson in the breakfast club. That's right. They beat the Houston Rockets Tuesday night. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of good. There were some things that weren't so good. We'll get into that, and we'll get into some questions about Frank Vogel and David Fisdale, all coming up on Locked on Lakers next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day. Monday through Friday, we get this bad boy up for you as early as we possibly can so that you can engage in Lakers content. Whether you're working the late shift, getting up early, whatever it is. Uh, so we really appreciate it. Remind you as well, Lock on Lakers on YouTube. If you want to watch us talk about the Lakers, not just listen to us talking about the Lakers, Andy. And, and we are really handsome people, so I could understand why people would want to do that. I don't blame them. Um, all right. So we'll get to some questions, reader questions about Frank Vogel that were sent to us. We hope to get to Monday. Um, and, and, and all of that, but Andy, we got to talk about it. Our long national nightmare is over. The Lakers have won a basketball game. The five game losing streak is over 132, 123 over the Houston Rockets Tuesday night. Never a doubt that this game was going to go to the Lakers. It was in the bag the entire way. I was never nervous. Not me, not for a second. Well, that makes one of us because <laughs> I was quite concerned, uh, Brian, that the Lakers were going to – I don't even want to say that the Lakers were going to find a way to lose this game. I was actually really more concerned that the Rockets were going to figure out a way to win it. Um, as I actually tweeted out during the game – I was Canberra, concerned with both, actually. <laughs> sure. But, um, well, I guess what I, what I mean is I'm always convinced that the Lakers can find a way to lose a game. I'm not always convinced the Rockets <laughs> can figure out how to win it. But as I tweeted out during this game uh, at Cam Brothers, somehow, because the Rockets were on a long losing streak as well heading into this one, and I tweeted out, somehow both of these teams are going to end this game without snapping their losing streak. Like somehow they were some sort of like weird perpetual tie. Yes. Like they're going to be playing this game from like now until the end of time. Like it's just going to keep going in uh, perpetuity. It's that scene. I don't know if you see like that scene from Dr. Strange where he confronts that evil villain and just keeps, they just have that time loop that plays kind of along that line. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same basic thing. Um, there was a lot that was interesting about the game. I mean, look, it, it was the Rockets, and we're, we we all caveats and this and that and whatever, um, but the Lakers are still missing some important pieces, and they haven't won in a long time, and I don't care who they beat. They need to win some games. They've not won since Austin Reeves' game winner. Yes. Which um, feels like it was about seven years ago. It was all, not even two weeks. Two weeks ago today. Uh, it was the, That was the Wednesday game two weeks ago. <laughs> They're all um, so much younger then. But... Uh, <laughs> So much older now, um, but <laughs> that was well done. So, but it was it was a good bounce back game for Westbrook. Uh, twenty four points, twelve rebounds, ten assists. But you know he had seven turnovers, but it was a much more positive force on the floor. LeBron, another brilliant game, thirty two points, um, eleven rebounds, eleven assists. So two dudes with triple doubles for the Lakers in this one. Malik Monk in the starting lineup played forty minutes, had twenty five points. Um, very active offensively, made it to the free throw line eight times, which 
uh, to me is, I, I think one of those things, like when you look at what can make Monk a, a, a bigger difference maker uh, from an offensive standpoint, if he can get himself to the line, the Lakers desperately need that, particularly desperately need people who can get to the line and actually make free throws. Um, so, you know, plenty of really And he good... started, by the way, in yes. this game tonight. Uh, David Fisdale, was, it was really interesting. I mean, we're obviously going to get into the biggest story of his lineup decisions, which was LeBron starting at the five. Yes. But um, he decided with Wayne Ellington out for what was described as a non-COVID illness, and I don't have any further clarification on what it was. <laughs> my, uh, my, my sources tell me it's scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, with that in mind, Malik Monk ended up starting at the two. But beyond that, Fisdale opted to take Talon Horton Tucker out of the starting lineup. He played off the bench. Stanley Johnson starts at the four. And again, LeBron starting at the five uh, for the first time, not just in his NBA career, starting at the five. He said after the game, it's the first time he had ever started at center, period. Like going back to when he was... A little kid by age standards, certainly a very big kid by everybody else's standards. He said he was just long and lanky then and always played at the guard or the wing. And Fisdale also went with an eight-man rotation. It was a starting five of Russ, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk, Stanley Johnson, LeBron, and then just THT, Mello, and who am I forgetting? The eighth guy off the bench. Uh, THT, Mello. Oh, Darren Darren Collison. Collison. So yeah, he, he he tightened, he's punching his time card, but, uh, tightened things up in this game. Um, and again, they ended up winning, but it was just interesting to see him making these proactive decisions. And and I think, you know, look, I mean, I, I got a little bit of a back and forth on Twitter. Like, why were they doing this? It's first night, you know, they're playing again, uh, you know, on Wednesday night. So, you know, front end of a back to back, you're, you're going to play, um, eight guys and I think there are two things about this first game, by the way, is against Memphis, Memphis. Uh, good you know, team Wednesday night and so uh, right and I think there's a couple things at play here it's like they haven't they, they're on a five-game losing streak they need to win the game and mm-hmm. it's not a it's not sending a message to to Dwight it's not sending a message to DJ the other Neither guys of whom played in this game at all at all but it's you know who else are you sending a, a message to Jamario Jones I mean, <laughs> <laughs> get your bleep together right the man <laughs> You know, the other Jones, Mason. Jo- what's what's the other Jones's name? Is it Mason? Mac. Mac. No, is it? I think. No, it's not. It's not Mac Jones. <laughs> I thought it was it's Mason Jones. <laughs> Mason. Okay, I'm thinking. Am I thinking of a quarterback? <laughs> I don't know. I think you're thinking of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> I might be. I do love the show. I mean, like, so it's like I don't know who we're. Saying. It's like you got to win this game, and like, there's a very good chance on the second night of a back-to-back. I, I was go, thinking, by the way, of the quarterback, Matt Jones. Yeah, probably. Patriots. You go, you go into Memphis, and you lose that game, even if you play well. Memphis is a really good team, so um, they, they, I think they were playing to win this game, and yeah. Um, I, the offense. Let's talk about the offense because the defense will get to not quite as encouraging. You really could see what they were going for and what this sort of idealized version of of the Lakers going small could look like tonight with guys moving and Avery Bradley, much maligned Avery Bradley moving very well without the ball. Stanley Johnson moving well without the ball. Malik Monk moving well without the ball. And LeBron and, and LeBron and Westbrook finding these guys, particularly LeBron, 
and all each over the other. Floor. Yeah, a lot of good screen and roll action with those guys. Different delay, different timings. Uh, th- for a team that has been really bad offensively, they looked really good offensively on Tuesday. I'll take it. All right, so a few more things about you know the, the kind of the reaction to LeBron at center, what else was happening offensively, and obviously we'll talk about uh, some defensive stuff with that as well. We'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Truebill. You know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or just forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, but Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and they have helped them save collectively over a hundred million dollars. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. The, the reaction I thought that, that, you know, there was just, there was so much talk about LeBron after the game. Uh, in terms of, you know, Fisdale talking about him playing center, the amount that he's just been producing, you know, he'll be turning 37 this Thursday. Week, Thursday. I believe it's Thursday. I'm not sure if it was Wednesday or Thursday. Um, what what stuck out to you? Because there were a few things that I you know, that I think both of us thought were interesting. Um, I First of all, just it's a reminder of his total versatility and on both sides of the ball, just all the different things he can do. Because, I mean, functionally, offensively, LeBron is whatever the hell you want to call him. I mean, he he plays any position you need for him, and in a lot of ways plays him pretty similarly. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he is he is always going to be running your offense, regardless of what position you put him at. But defensively, the responsibilities do change. And just the idea that he is that comfortable with whatever responsibilities you want to give him, um, I, it just it speaks to how he is quite possibly the most versatile player in NBA history, like be, beyond arguably the best player in NBA history, just the pure versatility. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Michael Jordan, you can make a very strong case, and many do, is the best player in NBA history. But he's nowhere close to as versatile as LeBron was. And and that's pretty amazing. But maybe he could. I mean, the the Jordan stands always say, like, well, if the, the game called for it, like Michael could have played that way. He could have. Like, but I mean, he could have. But, but he did. Well, I mean, it's Michael like, Jordan at center even in a small ball era, feels a little dicey. I'm not going to lie. I'm just – my only point is, like, all I can go by is what I saw. It's not a knock on MJ. No, of course not. It's not a knock on MJ to say, like, he couldn't have been a small ball center. (laughs) Like, I mean, at that point, lighten up, Francis, if you're taking offense to that. You know, no, I mean, not you, other people. No, I understand that. But, like, you know, this is the world we live in. Um, It's – I'm not a fan of the world. I understand in many ways. It, it's it is remarkable to watch. It's, it's it reminds me a little bit like you know these times that you have with Kobe, you know that that stretch where you know the team was lousy and he was you know averaged like you know what was like fifty for like a week and a half. Um, it was insane. And <laughs> was and insane. like to so where like when the streak ends, he only had like thirty two, and you're like, eh, kind of an off night. It's like mm. you do have to stop and appreciate what it is that you're seeing. 
and you know he is not what he was. LeBron did breaking news acknowledge that he is on the other side of the proverbial hill. Uh, he is not going to play another 19 years, he said. Um, and it, it it is it's the season isn't going well. Uh, his play hasn't been perfect. He didn't get off to a perfect start, but like it, you got to stop and appreciate it because it's not going to last forever. And what you're watching shouldn't be diminished just because the results for the team aren't where they want to plenty of time to talk about other stuff. There is still space in all of this basketball watching and angst and fandom to appreciate incredible performance just in a vacuum. I, I, there's got to be space for that. Well, David Fizdo actually talked about that after the game, just like that he he wasn't sure that the rest of the team, I think just because it, you grow accustomed to seeing LeBron do whatever, and he has played center this season a lot. Like he has leaned into the small ball five thing, and he, and he seems to be genuinely cool with it. But the idea of playing the entire game at center, even against a small ball Houston team that doesn't really play any bigs themselves, it's pretty amazing, at least in David Fisdale's uh, mind, to see him do that at this stage of his career. It was, it was interesting. Fisdale talked after the game about how starting LeBron at the five was not his sole idea. Like he said that this was a by committee kind of. Sure. Kind of, kind of a by committee discussion, and that he was not the only person who reached this conclusion. But ultimately, it's his call to make. You know whether this is really how it went down, or whether you know David Fisdale is trying to avoid the David optics. Is, David Fisdale is not making unilateral choices about ch that radical change of the starting lineup. Or, by the way, it is worth noting that the Lakers, the last time they played the Rockets, did the same thing in terms of going small. That's when they didn't play. You know. DJ or DeAndre, the difference sure. is that Anthony Davis was available. And, right. and and so, you know, on Tuesday, that wasn't an option. So you just sure. go straight to the LeBron at center lineup. Right. I, I just thought it was, I, I just thought it was interesting and certainly intentional that David Fisdale went out of his way to make it clear, like, hey, these are not unilateral decisions I'm making while Frank Vogel is off in some room by himself. Nobody's right. Talking sure, about sure, sure, sure. Absolutely. Nor did you see like this afterwards. <laughs> there was no, there's no big winking gesture from David Fisdale. Uh, he was yeah. very Frank, much selling this. Frank was yeah. involved in these choices. Oh yeah, I talked to Frank about this for sure. <laughs> I would um, never make this sort of decision without him. Um, and, you know, I would but, be like, wrong. So I mean, the, the part that I thought was really interesting from Fisdale too is you know he was asked, "Are is this?" kind of how you guys envision yourself playing going forward. And he did the coachy thing. He answered this very similar. I think Frank would have, which is, you know, our bigs are really important and Dwight and Deandre have a very important role to play going forward. And there are a lot of centers in this league that are, you know, seven footers that can really, you know, physically beat you up and all that. Like for example, Wednesday night, Steven Adams starts for, uh, Memphis, I don't necessarily think you want to line LeBron up at the beginning of the game against Aquaman. That's good just not God. No, I mean, I mean, that, that's just a good seems... way to get. That's a that's a good game where you say, "Hey, DeAndre, congratulations on remaining back." In or Dwight, or you know, Dwight, yeah. you got your win back. You feeling okay from the COVID, Dwight? You're back mm -hmm. in. Here we go. Um, and you know, you still try to go small and do that, but you know, he, the, the he politicked his way through an answer of. Yeah, this is essentially how you're going to do it, and these guys, you're going to see far less of Dwight and DeAndre going forward 
And that, I guarantee, is a, is a unified coaching decision. The other half of this, though, is the Lakers were atrocious defensively. I mean, genuinely atrocious. And uh, granted, Houston's not a bad offensive team. I, I think two things are true about this, and you can tell me if you agree. The first one is it is going to be hard for them to be good defensively playing small uh, until AD comes back. It just It's just going to be really difficult. It is going to be I mean, hard really, for them to be great defensively, period. Period. Until AD but, comes back, big or small. Right. And when AD comes back, there's still going to be some things that they don't do as well. And are gonna, but they'll be they'll obviously be better because Anthony Davis will improve any defense. Um, the other thing is, I, I would say it's it's probably important not to be too judgmental of what the small lineup looks like defensively until. Ariza is back from protocols until Reeves is back from protocols. Yes. Even potentially Baysmore, because those are guys who who make those lineups a lot more flexible. So you're not as reliant on, say, Carmelo Anthony, who just got abused. Um, yeah. I, and some he was trying. I'm not, but like Melo was really struggling. And uh, the other flip side of that is somebody like Monk, who got I, you know, there were some stretches where you know he was struggling to keep his guys. Whatever. When you have other better defenders around and behind you, it can help hide and protect somebody like Monk and keep him on the floor more. Yeah. Um, because I think he is showing the the positive. He's a guy who really thrives when he knows there's not the dude looking over his shoulder who could come take his minutes if he makes one or two defensive I, mistakes. I would have look. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Wayne Ellington is back, when Reeves is back, but. If there was a decision to keep Malik Monk in the starting lineup, I wouldn't have any issues with it. Um, all right, so let's get to some of these coaching questions. We got some great email uh, questions emailed to us um, at Brothers at gmail.com. That's the one way to get a hold of us, at Brothers on Twitter is another. Um, and we'll talk about that because you know, we've kind of reached some interesting uh, moments with the whole Frank Vogel, David Fisdale thing. Also, uh, Le- LeBron addressed the uh, Spider-Man meme Ooh, yes. heard around the world. Yeah, well, let's let's do that first, and then we'll do the, the coaching questions. We'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march through the college bowl seasons and the pro football playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to your website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive said bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, right down to your favorite. Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing new offers available. Bet online where the games start. Hey, Andy, Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year. It's coming. That means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit, and it probably is because, frankly, everyone's is about getting fit or eating healthier, which is a lot about getting fit, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, but it makes it it's still easy to stick to your resolutions because it tastes good and you'll want to eat it. But unlike other protein bars, uh, which have like the, the added sugars and all this other stuff. Built Bar is low in calories, 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So you get none of the bad stuff, all of the good stuff. Compare that to an actual candy bar. You usually have 240 calories, 
30 grams of sugar and dozens and dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever you keep all the bad stuff, throw it out and replace it with built bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's that's sweet, that hits that spot, but it's also healthy and tastes incredible. So many flavors to choose from, coconut almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, and so on and so on. It goes on forever. Um, Built's always coming out with more exciting limited time flavors so check built.com to see what's new go to built.com use the promo code uh, uh go use the promo code locked 15 i should say for 15 percent off uh your order again that promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com uh so bill orham of the athletic andy asked lebron james about the meme that he sent out it was last week i believe it was no uh, i believe it was I believe it was earlier earlier this, i'm this not week. sure actually it might have been time is a week. flat circle yeah um and it was a you know version of the Spider-Man meme, this time with three Spider-Men in it, um, where COVID is pointing at the cold, which is pointing at pointing at flu and all this other stuff. Um, and he cold, was yeah, cold COVID flu all flu, pointing, pointing at, at each, each other. other. Uh, LeBron was pretty widely criticized around the internet for that, around social media, including by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who said he was uh, really enabling. Uh, the the sort of COVID skeptics and vaccine skeptics around. So uh, Bill Orham of The Athletic asked him about it to his credit um, and you know whether he had a response. And here's what, here's what he said, LeBron. If you saw the post and you read the tag, you know that I'm literally honesting, honestly asking, help me out. Help me kind of figure it all out. Like we're all trying to figure out this pandemic. We're all trying to figure out COVID and the new strain and the flu. I think people forgot about the flu. Like people like literally forgot about the flu during these times. And like that's still going around. It's flu season. So people have forgot about the flu. People have forgot about common colds. That happens, especially with a lot of our kids that's in school. My daughter's in first grade. So a lot of these kids are getting common colds and getting the flu. But no, I don't have any response to Kareem. No, not at all. Um, I would say he is probably smart to not pick a fight with Kareem. Yes. Um, and I think, I think, I, I what do you think he meant both by the meme, Andy? And in his response to it, uh, what he said as his response and explanation is actually what I thought he meant from the outset. I, mm-hmm. I actually talked to, I don't remember who it was, somebody uh, fairly prominent in Lakers Twitter. I had this conversation with them about it. And my thought then as now was, I think LeBron is commenting on how confusing a lot of this stuff can be, how you know the a lot of the symptoms of covid and this is this has been the case from the beginning can be symptoms of other stuff that is not as serious as covid and certainly you know not as scary as covid and it can be a lot to take in which is a totally i think human response to this and we've been dealing with this for a long time and if you're somebody like both of us who have kids in school having to we both dealt with false positives at our school and you know had had your schedules and you know your kids psychology kind of turned upside down like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a lot to deal with what i think lebron should have done was just say that just have a post about that like hey help me understand some of this because it's getting kind of confusing like you know especially in this stretch where we're at right now where more people are vaccinated you know, the, the Omicron variant, which has become the most dominant. And thankfully 
seems to be the less serious, the least serious if you are vaccinated and boosted. Some of these symptoms can seem like other stuff that we're dealing with. It all just feels like a mess. Help me out. If he had said that, you know, obviously someone's going to get pissed off because people get pissed off about everything with COVID. But that would not be an unreasonable thing to say. Just say that instead of doing some passive aggressive, very potentially confusing meme to 106 yeah. million followers. Right. I think it's it's important to be careful. I and mean, we both of us stuck up for LeBron too when he, you know, when he didn't come out as like a leader in the vaccine movement and the booster yeah. movement, and all that. It's like it's okay. Look, I wish he would, but I under if you're not comfortable, you're not comfortable. Guys don't have to be. He he did the right thing. He got vaccinated. Yes. I don't know if he's been boosted or not, but he's been vaccinated. Yes. About sixty five percent of the NBA apparently has been. So that's good. Boosted, uh, not vaccinated. Been boosted. Yeah, about 97 percent yes. of the league is vaccinated. Right. Um, you know, the sports and have been very good about this, and the NBA has been very good about this. Um, I I, I think. There is, is he more skeptical about stuff than I am? Is he probably a little bit closer to the, are we making too big a deal out of this side of things than I am? Possibly. I mean, I, I, I think there's, there is some evidence of that. Um, I, but I don't think he's a COVID denier. I don't think he's a COVID skeptic. I think he's somebody who wants to play this stuff. And like a lot of us is trying to, like you say, Andy, figure out how do you do COVID endemic, particularly as a professional athlete? It's, I think that is something that, that people need to remember is these guys look at it through the lens of we're trying to play our season. We're trying to play sports like you at home, you test positive. There's a scare. There's a quarantine like many people who watch this, not everybody, but many people can stay home. They can socially distance at work. They can wear PPE. There are workarounds in other walks of life that are not available to us as professional athletes. And we take this bleep really seriously. We're trying to play. Um, so I am, I am empathetic to that. Uh, I, 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 I agree with you though. I, I, and I think you could have handled this too, like either with a little less defensiveness, a little more, because he, that's, he knows how people look at this stuff, but I interpreted the meme kind of the same way that you did. Um, yeah. that is what I, it is what I thought he meant, but, it was irresponsible to do it that way, and it just you're create you are creating an unnecessary issue yes. for yourself. Yes, like the, in when you when you're somebody like LeBron James, and you've got so much stuff going on, and you know that everybody's watching everything you do, and you are a genuinely smart person like him, and pretty calculating. Mm -hmm. You know, I just I there's no upside to doing it that way. It just isn't. Yeah, and I agree with you. He was very irresponsible. In, in it is important to note that uh, that yes. that is a whatever you planned, you whatever you meant by that meme, you need to explain it. Do you want to you want to hit on this? Uh, yeah, coaching stuff, or do you want to? Yeah. yeah, you want to do the coaching thing. All yeah. right. So uh, we were sent at Cam Brothers. Uh, I'm sorry, at Kamenetsky Brothers at gmail.com, which is another way yes. to get a hold of us by our friend Marcel. Uh, Marcel, he he suckers. Our, our friend our, from the Netherlands. From the Netherlands, where this podcast is money. It really um, is, actually. Sent us a bunch of, of questions for, around coaching, and uh, let's talk about them. The first one is this. Uh, I, I'm not for firing Frank Vogel, but had Vogel coached all five games during this losing streak, do you think he would have been fired by now or that the call for his firing would be a lot louder? Interesting question. I don't know if he would have been fired uh, by now. It would depend on 
It would depend. Let's on just say how same many... circumstances. You know, everybody's. You know, all the people who were were played available for Fisdale were available for Vogel. <sighs> no, no different circumstances. Same wow. circumstances. Just Vogel didn't test positive to enter the protocols. <sighs> I don't know for sure that he would be fired by now, but I do know for sure that I would be waiting for that announcement to be dropping any five-game losing streak. Even with all the guys missing, you think that they still yeah. would you know, the hammer would have been closer? There have been just as many reasons that you could uh, create for not firing Frank Vogel this entire season because this whole season has been a bleep show, a lot of which has been completely out of his control. Vogel has not been faultless in some of his decisions and things sure. like that, but there has been a lot way out of his control and it's still been speculated that he's going to be fired. It's been speculated that he might not last this whole season before the right. season it, began. It would, it like it, firing him in the middle of this though would require you know the Lakers to go back and what Jeannie said, which was we're not we're not going to fire somebody until we're whole until we have a chance to see what this looks like. Now it, there's going to be 25 games, 30 games left in the season when that happens. Right. Um, so you could argue circumstances have changed if you're the front office, um, but if you say that. And then you fire the guy when there are even fewer people available. It 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 it's not a great look. <laughs> it, it's not a great well look. It's not a great look. I think to be firing Frank Vogel during this particular season, regardless, Period. unless right. unless you can real because a lot of the issues that are plaguing the season, quite frankly, were out of his control. But that being said, if he had gotten fired, you just have to deal with the optics regardless. Okay, so that leads to the second question that Marcel asks. Um, all season long, there's been talk about Fizdale being Vogel's obviously obvious replacement if he's let go. So has Fizdale failed his audition with these past few games uh, in terms of being able to replace Vogel should he eventually be fired? I mean, I guess it depends on how much longer Frank Vogel's in these protocols. Like if he goes, say, another week or so and Frank Vo and uh, David Fisdale has the team on a, like a four or five game winning streak, um, maybe he turns this thing around. But it would be very difficult to justify firing Frank Vogel and then replacing him with a guy that didn't do any better than him under the same adverse circumstances. Like the, the optics of this can be hard to sell. So it wasn't like sense. some massive turnaround under Fizdale. Well, you know, no. And, and <laughs> Fizz, Fizz has been very clear about like, you know, we are in communication. We're doing like, and I, I, I don't know if that like is, if he, is he aware of the same kind of thing of, you know, Hey, this is my audition. I want to make it really clear. You know, Frank still got his hands in this. I, I, I think that's a little Machiavellian for me. I think he's just trying to be like a team player here and gracious and, talk about the you know the full coaching staff but i agree with you it is awfully difficult to fire vogel while he's in the protocols and then replace him with a guy who just lost five games in a row right i mean and, if, and, and barely if, beat the rockets if fisdale had had the team like undefeated or well above 500 during however long this thing goes then frank vogel starts coaching again and they sputter for whatever reason, because it was established earlier. The reasons arguably don't matter if this is what the organization really wants to do in the first right. place. You can sell that fair or not, you know, cold or not, whatever. You can actually sell that. It is very difficult to justify replacing Frank Vogel with a guy who actually had a lower winning percentage than him. He's like, like that, that's that, Andy. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I will say 
I will say this much though. I have no idea if uh, Jason Kidd is a better coach than David Fisdale. I absolutely don't think he's a better coach than Frank Vogel. But one thing is for sure, given the same opportunity to scheme his way into a gig, Jason Kidd would have absolutely found a way to make this work. Like hashtag Jason Kidd would never let this thing pass him by. Like we, if we've learned one thing about Jason Kidd, because he was the guy originally seen as lurking over Frank Vogel's shoulder, he's got a real knack for this thing. He's very good at scheming his way into a job. He's not necessarily great at coaching once he has the job, but he's outstanding at finding, you know, a crack yeah. to Hey, hey, hey Frank, through. this is this is my friend Dave. Uh yeah, Dave, meet Frank Vogel. Oh no, 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 no. You don't need to wear a mask around Dave. He's fine. Mm-hmm. He's fine. Um all right. So, um we'll see what happens Wednesday night. I suspect a you know, slightly different lineup than what we saw on on Tuesday in Houston, but uh long term it does look like, you know, going small uh, LeBron at center, all of this stuff that people have wanted to see is going to be much more part of the of the uh, the package. Um, Locked on Lakers on YouTube. Uh, remember, you can subscribe there, and please keep making us your first listen of every day. We'll see everybody on Thursday.